Pastor Xavier Reese with an important and ever timely question. Do you know about Jesus or do you know Jesus? And they put a picture of an actor on TV. I know who he is, but I don't know him. Too many people are sitting in church going to hell. It's a sad case. In view of all that's going on in the world today, I would uh, exhort you as Paul, look up for your redemption draws nearer than when you first believed. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Whether in a book or at a movie, everyone enjoys a good ending. But what happens when you're on the wrong side of the story? Today, Pastor Xavier takes a look at the incredible prophecies found in the book of Ezekiel that set the stage for today's Simple Truth study, Ezekiel and the Day of the Lord. Let's listen. Uh, the particular prophetic section of Ezekiel between chapters 34 and 39 falls under the period that is known as the Day of the Lord. So in order to give some perspective, uh, because we've been for a while, uh, we want to see how these chapters fit into this theme of the Day of the Lord that runs through the Old and New Testament and how it falls in place with the rest of the Scriptures because the Bible is Genesis to Revelation. And it's very consistent, and, 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 and there's, there's a running theme, and, and there's a schedule going on, and um, God has put it all together. Now, Joel is a key um, prophet for the day of the Lord. Uh, there are five statements that Joel makes regarding the day of the Lord. Look at Joel in chapter 1, verse 15. The first statement reveals its nature and its source. Uh, 115 says this. He says, Alas for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as destruction from the Almighty. This is consistent in Isaiah, Revelation, throughout over and over and over again. From the throne of God, wrath upon the earth. The instrument, by the way, as you go to the book of Revelation, is Satan. But it is God's wrath. Satan, the dragon, persecutes the woman Israel, as you know, in the middle of the seven years in Revelation chapter 12. The dragon is granted to make war against the saints and to overcome them, as well as having authority over the world. The saints that are there mentioned are those who will be saved through the tribulation and great tribulation. That is not the church. The people involved are the Jews and the ungodly world. And the Jews for rejecting their Messiah, as you know, uh, Matthew 23, 37, 39, Jesus said, you shall not see me henceforth to you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Because they rejected, he wept over Jerusalem. Luke 19, 42, he says, if you would have known this, thy day, the things that were prepared for you, now they're hid from your eyes. They knew the very day of their Messiah, Zechariah 9, 9 tells us, and they missed it when he rode into Jerusalem on the donkey in Matthew 21. They missed it. Now, the phrase identifies the time of divine intervention to bring judgment to the earth then. It is God's wrath. Notice chapter 2, verse 1, the second statement, reveals its warning and certainty. He says, Blow the trumpet of Zion and sound the alarm in my holy mountain, let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand. Jesus proclaimed in the parable of the wheat and the tares the judgment to come in Matthew 13, 24 through 40. 
They would grow together, and then he would separate them at the end. God never has brought judgment without giving sufficient waiting time for people to repent. Noah's day, he gave 120 years. Sodom and Gomorrah, he sent some angels down. Pharaoh, he sent Moses, 12 plagues. Nineveh, sent Jonah. By the way, they did repent. The world has been warned for 2,000 years through the New Testament and the church. People mock it. People dismiss it. People say, ah, they've been saying that since my grandma's day. Well, guess what? We're a little closer than granny's day. He's coming. The certainty of the day is marked by two things, notice. The day is so certain that all the earth should tremble. The day is just a matter of God's timetable. It is coming. It is at hand, he says. It's unavoidable. None will escape, as Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.3. None. The third statement is found in verse 11 of chapter 2. He says, The Lord gives voice before his army, for his camp is very great, for strong is the one who executes his word, for the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. Who can endure it? The Lord leads and commands his heavenly army. He gives voice before his army. One of his titles, as you remember, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, the Lord of hosts, the captain of the armies of heaven. And he's never never lost a battle. The Lord is strong, it says, who executes his word. In other words, he's true to what he's proclaimed. He brings it to pass. The day is great and terrible. It will be unbearable. Here's a phrase. Who can endure it? There's only one answer. No one. No one. Jesus said it would be a time of spiritual deception. And Paul confirms this. Matthew 24, 4, 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 10. Jesus said the love of many would wax cold. Matthew 24, 12. Now remember, Matthew 24 and 25 is Jewish ground. Don't put the church in there. Tribulation, great tribulation. Jesus said tribulation as never before or ever will be. Unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved, Matthew 24, 21 through 22. Such as has never been before. It's unimaginable. John, Revelation 6, 1 through 9 tells us it's a time of false peace. Famine, pestilence, death, persecution of those who accept Christ. In that same chapter, John says that men will call upon the mountains to fall upon them. And hide them from the face of God and the wrath of the Lamb. In other words, they know that it is God's judgment from the throne of God in chapter 6, verse 16 through 17. And they do not repent. Listen to me, people. People don't repent of their sin and their lifestyle. They repent because they hear the gospel and the Holy Spirit convicts them of their sin. No one can persuade you into heaven. But someone can deceive you into hell. Namely, sin, yourself, and the world. Conviction comes from the Holy Spirit to let you see that you're a sinner lost in need of salvation and forgiveness of sins. It isn't an intellectual problem. It's a sin problem. We like our sin. We don't want to let it go. The fourth uh, statement is found in chapter 2, verse um, 31 and 32. This fourth statement reveals the salvation of the Lord. God's always gracious. I love it. 
31 32 says, The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before the coming and great awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. Notice first, the upsetting of nature is a sign of those who reject and they will perish in verse 31. And we find this in the day of Pentecost. We find it through Joel. We find it through many other prophets. The moon, the sun, the stars, all these things. In 32, those who call on the name of the Lord will what? Be saved. Isn't it amazing? Old Testament, New Testament, even in tribulation, God is gracious to those who call on his name. He will save them. Amazing. The outpouring of God's Holy Spirit at Pentecost was only partial fulfillment. The full fulfillment of Joel's prophecy will be during the Great Tribulation, probably one of the greatest revivals where people are going to be saved. It will include Gentile and Jew, Jews in Mount Zion, the remnant. The covenant promise will be remembered by God. They will turn to him. Back Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 30 to 31, 2 Samuel 7, 16. Promise to David to have an heir on the throne. Christ came through the line of David. The Lord said he would regather the Jews from all the world as a sign of his nearness and his coming. And the sign was the fig tree Israel, Matthew 24, 32. Learn a parable from the fig tree when you see it but know that summer is nigh. The fig tree is symbolic of Israel, so is the olive tree, but it's a key figure that is given to Israel and Israel alone. For 2,000 years, Israel has been without a homeland. May 14, 1948, they declared their independence. After 2,000 years, there's only one answer to the Jew and to the nation of Israel today it is God. If you don't believe in God, you have to explain to me how the Jews are alive and how they're a nation today. That it can't be just man. There's no way. Prior to World War II, there were less than 50,000 Jews living in, um, and I don't like to call it Palestine because it's a, it's a made-up word. It's not that, in the land of Israel. But since then, they're returning by the hundreds of thousands, uh, year after year, millions are now there. Jews have been coming, migrating from Africa, Afghanistan, Russia, and many other places. God's beginning to fulfill part of that. Now, the fifth statement is found in chapter 3, verse 14. Uh, the statement reveals the setting up of the kingdom. This goes right into the thousand-year reign. It says, multitude, multitude in the valley of decisions, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Multitude will be in the valley of decision to fight against Jesus. Joel goes on to tell us in chapter 3, Verse 9 down to 11 and 13. A preview of this battle is found in Psalm 2. The Lord says, why do the heathen rage? Why do they imagine a vain thing? He will laugh at them. He will have in derision. And the psalm finishes by this. Kiss the son, lest he be angry with you. Kissing the son is an idol practice. You remember, you ex-Catholics, just like me. You kiss your crucifix. You kiss your little saint. A devotion to and now he says, you want to kiss somebody, you kiss the son. <laughs> you be devoted to him. And there's a preview of Revelation 19 when Jesus returns to set up the kingdom as all the armies of the world are gathered in the Valley of Megiddo to stop him from setting up the kingdom. 
Can you imagine? And they're serious. Multitudes will be in the valley of decision to be judged by the Lord Jesus regarding their conduct towards the Jew, the treatment of the Jew during the tribulation and great tribulation. It is very, very clear in chapter 3, verse 3. It is clear in Matthew 25. That's what takes place. You look at the history. Do a history of nations that were once world powers and how they treated the Jew and see what happened to them. You can start with, uh, with Pharaoh, Egypt. God said, Egypt will never rise up to be anything. Hello? Poverty. More contemporary. How about Hitler? Germany. How about Spain? They used to rule the world. They persecuted the Jew tremendously. How about England? They used to boast that the sun never went down on her kingdom. She treated the Jew terribly. Turned her back on World War II. It goes back to Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Those that bless you, I will bless them. Those that curse you, I will curse them. Simple fact. No twisting of the scripture. History and scripture. Put them side by side. I challenge you to find one nation who has mistreated the Jew that has any power, any leverage in world at any time in history after the fact. You won't find one. Israel will occupy the kingdom, Joel tells us in chapter 3, as much many of the scriptures tell us. They have not occupied all the land. They will occupy. The boundaries are fulfilled in Genesis 15, 18, one of the passages from, from uh, the Euphrates to Egypt. It has never been done, even in the days of Solomon. It will during the thousand years. The promise of the new covenant, God will put in their laws, in their mind, write them in their hearts, gather them from all corners of the earth. You have the covenant there in Jeremiah 31, 33 to 36. You have it in Ezekiel 36, 16 to 38. Hebrews mentions it. That has not happened. Let me read you some from Gulf Daily News, Voice of Bahram, Saturday 21st, October 206. Listen to this. Iranian President uh, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, pretty good, warned yesterday that Israel would not survive and that its allies would face the boiling wrath of the people if they continued to support the Jewish state. As hundreds of thousands of protesters march across the Muslim world condemning Zionist uh, atrocities. The regime will be gone, definitely. Ahmadinejad told the demonstrators who were marking Jerusalem Day in Tehran. You, the Western powers, should know that any government that stands by the Zionist regime from now on will not see any result but the hatred of the people, he added. Israel is, quote, destined to be eliminated and will not be recognized at any price, shouted the Damascus-based Ramadan Adilua. Shola, in a telephone message transmitted to the crowd by a loudspeaker in Gaza City Stadium. This is reality, people. This is today. People, oh, he doesn't mean it. You think Hitler meant what he meant? There is anti-Semitic hatred going on in big time all through Europe right now, the same way it happened in World War II again. The day of the Lord, according to Joel, gives us a clear perspective 
of what it involves. Let's finish looking at the day of the Lord and its events to put perspective on what we look here. Again, this is not an exhaustive list, but it'll give you some kind of frame. The day, in quotations of the Lord, is an event that takes place at the same time then as the rapture of the church. Simultaneously, the rapture takes place, the day of the Lord begins. The age of grace closes. The time of God's wrath begins. The attack of Israel by Russia and her confederate nations of Islam will take place right before the rapture, at the rapture, or right after the rapture. Because they're going to burn the weapons for seven years. The day sets the stage for the seven-year tribulation and great tribulation. The appearance of the Antichrist on the earth at the opening of the first seal is very interesting because it introduces false peace as Israel makes a seven-year covenant with the Antichrist, Daniel 9.27 says. Revelation 6.1 and 2 shows him conquering through diplomacy. He has a bow, but he has no arrows. He will be a military wizard, a financial wizard, a religious guru. The world will say, who can make war against him? They'll be in awe of him. The lawless one, Satan, the son of perdition, who will help the Jews build the temple because he will be directly from Satan, the Antichrist. He will enter the temple in the middle of the seven years, three and a half years, and he will stop the sacrifice, the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet. Right in the middle, Daniel 9.27 says he'll stop it. Paul tells the Thessalonians in 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 through 4, that he will enter in and declare himself to be God. The two witnesses that God will choose will be witnesses with signs and wonders. They will not be able to be overcome by the Antichrist and the false prophet until the set time, then they will be killed. And they will lay in the streets of Jerusalem for three and a half days, and all will be having parties and giving gifts because they overcome them. And then all of a sudden, at the end of three and a half days, God's Spirit will enter the two prophets. I believe it's Elijah for sure. Malachi says it clear. The other one probably is uh, Enoch. He's never died. Those are the two who have never died. Something, Moses, Zerubbabel, but I think those two. For sure Elijah, but the other one, Enoch, because he's never died. But nevertheless, the two will be there, and the Spirit of God will go in them, and they will ascend at the heaven before the whole world, and they will know. You would think they would repent, right? Right. No. No way. Talk about God's patience. Talk about giving warning and warning and warning. The 144,000 Jews will preach the gospel, Revelation 7, 1 through 8, 14, 1 through 5 says. They will preach the gospel. Great revival. The woman Israel will be persecuted. She will flee to the city of Petra or Sila, Isaiah 16, Revelation 12, and God will protect her for the last three and a half years. The everlasting gospel will be preached by an angel to all the nations. Now, many people say, well, Jesus can't come back till the gospel is preached to all the nations, according to Jesus in Matthew 24, 14. Well, that will be fulfilled by the angel. Revelation 14, 6 tells us that. He will preach the everlasting gospel to all the nations. The church won't fulfill that. We have failed as much as Israel failed in our commission to a great extent. 
The destruction of commercial and religious Babylon, as you know, takes place in Revelation 17 and 18. The kingdom of the Antichrist comes to rise from the ten-nation confederacy. The religious woman, the harlot, the Roman Catholic Church. The false prophet will come from there. The return of Christ with his church will take place in Revelation 19. The battle of Armageddon will take place with great power and glory. And the first thing Jesus does as he destroys them is he sets up the judgment of the nations in Matthew 25, 31 through 32 on how nations treated the Jew during the seven-year tribulation. Pretty awesome. Then the Lord will regather his remnant from all four corners of the earth. He will make the new covenant with them, pour out his spirit over them, write the new covenant in their heart. Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. Ezekiel 36, 16 through 38. Book of Hebrews speaks about it, 8 and 9. Then it will be fulfilled. The day covers the thousand-year reign also. As we, the church, reign with Christ and Israel occupies all the land and the covenant is fulfilled for them. During that thousand years, Satan is bound for a thousand years with a chain at the bottom of this pit, as you know, in Revelation 20, verse 1 through 3. So that he doesn't go about deceiving the nations for those thousand years. Those beheaded for their witness of Christ during the tribulation are part of the first resurrection and they will reign with Christ it is very clear in Revelation 24 through 6 Satan at the end of the thousand years is then released and as you know there's the last rebellion and the majority of people who lived in the thousand year reign under the reign of Christ like Garden of Eden They will follow Satan. People say, why would God tie him and then lose him? I can only find one logical reason. To shut the mouth of the psychologists, one from for all, and sociologists, that say that the problem is environment. No, the problem is the heart. You have a perfect environment, and they still follow Satan after the thousand-year reign. Ladies and gentlemen, It's not an intellectual problem. It's not an environment problem that you have. It's a heart problem. That's the problem. Jeremiah 79. Then will be the white throne judgment of the unbeliever at the end of the thousand years. Revelation 20, 11 through 15. Then there will be the new heaven, the new earth. Fulfilling 2 Peter 3, 10 through 13. Revelation 21. In view of all that's going on in the world today, I would uh, exhort you as Paul, look up for your redemption draws nearer than when you first believed. The day of the Lord includes these and many other events. The day of the Lord will come as a thief at night to pour out his wrath, to allow evil to run his full course, to restore Israel, to redeem those who repent, to set up the kingdom, to judge the world, to bring in the new heaven and the new earth. Are you ready? Are you in the Lord or are you just playing games? Do you know about Jesus or do you know Jesus? You know, they put a picture of an actor on TV. I know who he is, but I don't know him. Too many people are sitting in church going to hell. 
It's a sad case. It breaks the heart of God. I hope that you're ready. Pastor Xavier Reese, noting the urgency preparing for the rapidly approaching fulfillment of the Day of the Lord. Now, today's message, Ezekiel and the Day of the Lord, is available on CD for only $4. And this will also include what we heard the last time we were together as well. Now, once again, the title to ask for is Ezekiel and the Day of the Lord, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please, it helps us when you include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This information is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. When someone looks at your life, do they see Jesus in you? Why is this important? Well, that's coming up on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 